It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. I think, I think we have it working. I will start by saying, Ira, say hello. Hey, Jeff. That is heard by the masses, I do believe. Corey, say hello. Is this thing on? Can anyone hear me? We all Can anyone hear, hear me? You. I believe we are up and running. Perhaps 18 minutes late, but we are up and running. Does <laughs> Time the, to go to our break. Does the chat hear us? Does everybody suggest that they can hear us? I think the answer is yes. Corey, Ira's watching closely. You're not watching closely. They do or do not hear us? They hear us. Let's go. Mic check. Woo, yeah, man, they're all they're all in. We're good to go. We're good to go. Let's let's refresh our minds right now. I'm kind of in a bad place for 15 minutes, but let's go. Adversity. Well, we got to see how we handle adversity because uh, yeah. that was adverse. But very we're pros. Very We've very been doing adverse it for a long time. Well, first, I don't want it to affect our awesome sponsor in the form of Register Sausage. So we'd have to say, sorry about that, Register Sausage. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a done a pretty good job over the last couple of years. Today being the exception, please, we ask your forgiveness. But in the interim, I will say for the world to hear, yay, sausage. <laughs> a little that's, bit of gusto there. That's uh, I was out at the park watching uh, at the Plex watching FSU softball, and I was pleased to see the uh, sausage display. I tweeted the picture from there where people now at the uh, softball regionals, and I assume at the super regionals, people could get their registered sausage. I think they had a regular sausage, and then they also had the jalapeno cheddar. And I uh, saw some friends uh, partaking in it. And uh, how are they serving it, Ira? Is it like a sandwich, or is it just straight up? But now we've lost Corey. Now we've lost Corey because his internet sucks. It's Man, a. Uh, I'll answer your question for you, Corey. You can read it. You can uh, hear about it on the replay. It, it's uh, like a sausage dog, like you get at the ballpark. As one would. Yeah, man. And except it's delicious. It's, except instead of a regular hot dog or sausage, it's a registered sausage, so it's delicious. I would ask that you not call it the sausage display that you were proud to see or happy to see. You don't like the sausage? Yeah, I think just verbiage. Let's, let's display. go. <laughs> display their sausage. Yeah, yeah. And it's delicious. Delicious it sausage indeed. And you got to see a riveting game, and we got to see an all-time great performance, and we celebrated that last night on the Smash, and we certainly talked about it over the weekend, and we can talk about it here because it's an all-time great thing. Uh, but it's a little awkward start to the show, and I don't know how to ease into this thing other than, Corey, I wanted your perspective on it because Ira and I already talked about it. What uh, what Cat did is in the annals of uh, Florida State lore, right? We'll be talking about this for 20 years. Yeah, I mean, because the offense let her down. Like, one run in 13 innings is not what you're hoping for, right? That's not what you're hoping for in the biggest moment, the biggest day of the season. But she made sure it didn't matter. And her defense, her defense was flawless. It wasn't 21 up, 21 down with 21 strikeouts. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's, I compared it on wake up or chant to like what Buster Posey did that one regional or what Charlie Ward yeah. would do when adversity struck, like just a great player making sure that their team doesn't lose. And she was incredible um, just when they needed it the most. And that's what great players do. So as I tweeted, the 32 will be retired at some point. Florida state softball is a little, they don't really retire the numbers with uh, a lot of fervor. 
Like they've only got two retired. Um, there's a lot more that deserve probably at least the the number the jerseys to be retired, if not the numbers. But she's certainly up there, man. She's one of the all-time greats, and that was uh, that was really cool to see. Well, it's much more high-profile now. I mean, I, let's be honest. Yeah. Softball has not been exactly uh, a sport that a we would have ever talked about five to seven years ago. And and I know you you know people get mad if they want. It just didn't move the needle at all. Now it does. The sport's much better than it used to be. It's played better. It's more athletic. It is no longer running bunts. You see a lot of great athleticism and fun action. And the sport has grown nationally. So I don't know that anybody would have been aware of the uh, forgotten softball stars of yesteryear in the 70s and 80s. Not that they didn't exist. It just would not have been something that people thought about. And now you will. Now you will because really – for the better part, I guess I should say, for the better part of seven, eight years, Florida State softball has mattered. And we see it on our boards, and we see it nationally with the ratings for softball. It matters. We've got some people who are uh, in the chat not thrilled about some softball talk. But here's the deal, guys. Yeah. Listen, first of all, they deserve it. Second of all, and we're not going to spend two hours no, talking no, about softball. No, no, we're talking about but, a performance. That's all I'm talking about is her but, performance. But also, look, man, we haven't seen a live Florida State team have a whole lot of success since the, the, uh, the bowl game. Because uh, we we watch basketball and baseball, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna savor some success on the field for this FSU softball team, particularly when Catherine Sandercock did what she did. Yeah, no, hey, I, I shout mean, out, shout out also to the FSU women's golf team. They're in the quarterfinals of the national tournament yeah. right now. They're they're playing Wake Forest, and they have a little bit of an edge that's, that's, with about four holes to go. I'm not trying to jinx it. And it's on the Golf Channel if you want to watch it. Yeah, or, so so you're gonna feed into obviously this. have that on the TV and have us on your computer. But yeah, so they're 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 doing well too. They got a chance at a national championship still. Yeah, you can feed into that if you want, Corey. Here you go. You're gonna make everybody happy. Uh, <laughs> no, what what I what I'm telling you is that it was more about I brought up a singular performance in the annals of yeah. Florida State lore, and not the team, and not the subject of softball, and not it's it just more about where does that rank and. How long will that be remembered? Because it should. And we still remember certain aspects of other Olympic sports that people have been exemplary at. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to ignore that. Yeah, and I'm also not going to apologize for talking about that softball team because it is one of the best programs on campus. It's a really fun sport. They do have to figure out the time situation because a year or two ago, one of the great things about it was it was so much faster than college baseball. But, man, and I know the UCF game was a was – a, an oddity because that pitcher took a minute between pitches. Yeah, I can't do that. But even in general, softball now is taking – I mean, these softball games are taking two and a half hours. It's a little much for a seven-inning game. Well, for it's a guy who's out there TV. in the sun, you, you... – <laughs> Yeah, man. Can't see it because I got the blinding lights. But, yeah, I was I got a little sunburned. Uh, <laughs> the other reason is that I don't know how many more times we can talk about the results of the spring meetings that you attended – over there at Amelia Island. I mean, we've certainly exhausted that conversation as well. I will say this. Tom and I just shot a video for something that, listen, this is a, a grand introduction of summer. When lists come out that piss you off or make you laugh or make you celebrate or just make you click at all, you know we are in the throes of summer. And a list came out, and it didn't, once again, include Jameis Winston, and it enraged Florida State fans, and it's a list of top – Ten quarterbacks. Right, right. I think he was on the on the bigger list, he but he wasn't in the top 16 ten. On the alt, yeah. yeah, and and so, uh, you know, we basically just shot a video. Tom and I did this morning about that list. Look, man, the one thing about the list season, which is what summer is, and 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 we specifically will comment at least as it regard in regards to Florida State seasons or players or whatever it might be. You know, you got to always find out if that person or that media entity is defining their terms. Jameis played two seasons. The guy on top of that list, four. 
Mm-hmm. One had 14,000 plus yards passing. One had 7,000. We're not comparing apples to apples at that point. If you like, did anybody singularly have a better year than 2010 Cam Newton? Mm-hmm. Where, where would no. you put, then, right? No, right? No. So, so, where, but where does he rank all time? Well, that year. So my point is, don't bother getting all pissed off about that. I know that most in the Florida State community would say, well, this is just another example of ESPN leaving Jameis off a list. Look, man, I mean, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to tell you that uh, I'll just I'll just have the 60-touchdown Joe Burrow year right. in which he threw 60 touchdowns and six interceptions and threw a gazillion yards as the greatest season ever or Cam Newton's year or whatever. We can go back a ways. Man, it's not worth getting that angry about. It's amazing the feedback. About well, it. even the the list on three's been putting out their top ten players in every position or top in the top hundred players. I think in college football and Florida State have five of the top hundred players in college football according to on three's list. Which to me, I mean, the first thing that says to me is, holy crap, how things have changed. Because two years ago, they wouldn't. Have, I mean, if they did a list of the top five hundred players right. in college football, would they have had anybody on it? But they've got five of the top one hundred. I think the most any school had, I think Michigan had seven. There's maybe one other school with six, and there's a few with five. But Florida State's one of the teams, there's only a handful of teams in the country that have five players on the list. But, of course, a lot of FSU fans were just mad that Jordan was too low or that, you know, Johnny was too, you know, low. And it's like, I mean, these lists, so you're not, they're not going to make everybody happy Nobody's ever. ever be but happy. that's, right. you know, they generate interest and in talk. But, uh, but from a big picture standpoint, the fact that Florida State has five of the top 100, I mean, that's really cool. I well, think. there's evidence all around. Our talking points, our poll questions, our, our you know roundtables, the articles you guys have written, the stuff we'll do in the offseason when we eventually get to the top 40 and all those things. There's evidence everywhere that Florida State has completely flipped that locker room and raised the floor and provided now a number of elite players in this league and nationally. I mean, I think we all we did this a couple weeks ago, Corey, when we were talking about how many people off of this upcoming year's team are going to get drafted because the draft yeah. just came and went and they had, you know, one guy get drafted and it was in the fifth round. And so you look at that and now I ask you in the next two seasons, how many Florida State players are going to get drafted? And the answer is oh, double digits easily. Yeah, I would say somewhere between 12 and 15, you would think. And guys, I'll be honest with you. I'm looking forward to that top 40 war chant list. It's going to be the easiest one we've ever done. Little, well, You're not going to, number one, Travis J will not be anywhere on it. For the first time, I am just going to ride him with him. Yeah, I'm going to put him on. <laughs> You're still going to put him at 38? Yep, 36, 38, somewhere in there. Good guess. Yep, that's right. But, I mean, it's, you know, I was I was talking with Aslan about this. Like, out of that top 100, you know, Jaheim Bell's not in it. Um, Jeremiah Byers isn't in it. Patrick Payton's not in it. And I'm not saying they deserve to be in it. I'm saying you have players like that that aren't even your top player, like top players, quote, unquote. Um, Renardo Green. I mean, Renardo Green's a really good college football player. At least he was this past year. Who, who? I don't know if he'll be drafted. I don't know if he'll be. Uh, I think he'll be drafted, but I don't know where he ranks in the in the in the pantheon of college football players right now. I know he's a good college football player. And what could make this team special is you have some elite elite talent. In our, it's not top heavy though. Sprinkled around that elite elite talent is good college football players. Kalen Deloach, Tatum Bethune, Jeremiah Byers, Maurice Smith, Robert Scott, guys like that, man, Toa Feely, guys that aren't even really thought of as elite, elite players, but they're good and they're experienced. And I think that's what gets you excited about this season. I actually think the top 40 list is going to be opposite of what Corey said. It think, could be harder. I think it's really hard. Well, you know, no way. Oh, it's going to be the, tough. The players won't be harder. You know, it won't be hard. Between number seven and number 11. 
might be more difficult. Right. It Much won't be more difficult. Yeah, it won't be hard to come up with 40 players. That has been the challenge. I know two years ago, it was hard to get into 10. Uh, yeah. two or three years ago, but, oh, yeah. but, um, but you know, the, but there will be a challenge of who do you, who do you leave off? Cause there's going to be guys who we leave off the top 40 that are probably pretty good football players. Two years ago, this exercise depressed the hell out of yeah. me. Three years yeah. ago, it depressed the hell out of me. Four years ago, it depressed the hell out of me. This year, we're going to have consternation over seven, 10, 12, 15, 18, 20. Yeah, but it's a different kind of uh, difficult by far. In the past, you just kind of had to project a whole bunch of guys. Like you had to project like 25 of the 40 on that list to take a huge step forward, fo- forward in order to be on the list. Now you've got to be like, all right, well, I, I've got 20 I know are on the list right off the bat. There's just 20 off the top of my head that are easy. How do I rank them? From there. Who's fighting for a starting job, and do I think they're going to win it? Because if they don't, how valuable are they, and where will you put them? Because that's going to require Corey and Ira, all of us on staff, to project the starting five on the offensive line. Start there. Who are the starters and who are the backups? All of them will play a top 40 role, but who are they? And then there's two more beyond that because there's 12 to fight for five. You know, the three tight ends. I think we're going to probably rank Jaheim Bell number one on that list, but then – do you, do you think Morlock or Biscuit will have a greater role as the number two tight end? I think probably Biscuit right now. But, I mean, it, it's, it gets fun. It's a more fun endeavor than it's been in a long time. It was a lot of fun back in 2013, 2014. It's about to be fun yeah. again finally. Yeah, when we first started doing these, I can't remember the first year Gene started it. I think it was in a long time ago. probably 10 or 11, somewhere in there. But it, it, at the time, it was a pretty – it was a fun exercise because there was a lot of good players. Mm. And then he probably didn't – project that we would get to the <laughs> 2018 season where you're you're putting guys on there that man alive i remember having to t- tom and i would go on this big whiteboard that we had at the old office and we would write down 40 because he would be asked to do it too and i'm like man i don't think there are 40 good players i know there's not 40 good players are there 20 good players <laughs> and then we would argue about that i'm like hey, are there 10 good players okay what do we do with the other 30 slappies how do I move these guys around to make it make any sense of this list? Also, an endeavor we used to have on War Chant, which was a lot of fun, which we didn't do this year because we would have picked one freaking guy, was where does this player get drafted? Remember those debates? Like, oh, I think he's second round. Oh, he's maybe late first. Oh, I think he's early third. We used to have yeah. to really worry about 20 guys. Getting yeah, we have like that. a big a big table. <laughs> With like you know all the columns and rows and everybody's making all their picks. Yeah, yeah. And, so and I I joined in I joined War Chant in December of seventeen. So my first top forty was the two thousand eighteen team, um, which, look man, my first top forty. I'm pretty sure I had Alex Hornibrook. No, sorry, my second top forty. I had Alex Hornibrook in the top ten. God. Hornswoggle was in the top ten. James Blackman might have been number one. Let me I tell mean, you something. Not that I thought he was the best player on the team, but most important. I mean, quarterback's pretty important, clearly. Um, and so we've come a long way, gang, is all I'm saying. We've come a long way that Hornswoggle, Blackman, um, Travis J, they're not they're not going to be featured in the top 40 for 2023. Preston Simpson's coming at you, Jeff. But he, he some libel, some no, slander. He loves to mess with us, he, and his, his he, insight is always funny. He says that uh, you had Kushney at 37 last year. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I was so mad when that walked out there on that field that day and saw him. I'm like, that's impossible. I mean, how could you guys have done such a good job and then somehow thought that guy was going to play for you at defensive end? That was unbelievable. He was, I mean, 
Anyhow, I don't want to sit here and slam. They had a spot. It was July. Yeah, just willy nilly take take anybody. Apparently, hell, (laughs) is that a favor to like? I mean, what in the world was going on there? That said, that said, they don't have to do that now. Now it's a battle at most places. Now there's depth at most places. We should just come up with lists for the remainder of May, lists for June, lists for July, because it's what every other outlet does. It's what sometimes we have to engage in. The offseason's tough, guys. Sometimes you got to leave the softball. How about a list of our favorite favorite road trips to, like, SEC or Big Ten schools? (laughs) Like, do that. Like, have a list of where would you want to go? Where would you want to be playing in 2025? I was going to do a a column, and I might still do it, Corey, but I was going to do a column. When I was sitting over there in the uh, lobby of the uh, Ritz-Carlton in Amelia Island at the ACC meetings, I I started to do a list of the 10 – my 10 favorite memories from covering that event over the last Mm. 12, 13 years. Were they all this year? No, 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 no. And one of them was, uh, one of them was going to be the Himalayan salt. I mean, it has to be in the top 10. It's still there, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Still. My my hands are still soft. The bathrooms of the Ritz Carlton, the lobby bathrooms, they had that Himalayan rock salt, but you rub it on your hands, Jeff. It's like a baby's bottom. It's as smooth <laughs> as a baby's cheek. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Hanging out in the what bathroom, it does to your baby. Hands. Yeah. My other favorite one was one of the other favorite ones, and you know, and I still may write the column because it may again, it may be the last time we go over there. Because if anything crazy happens over the next year, I'm imagining FSU's not getting invited back. But uh, the lunch, <laughs> a lunch we had, a lunch I had with uh, it was a two or three, it was probably three or four of the media members. And Leonard Hamilton and Jimbo Fisher together for lunch. Nice over there. It was uh, that was an interesting conversation. How did Leonard two and similar Jimbo, personalities? Yeah, two similar personalities. Say, how they mesh? I'm convinced that's the only time those two men spoke in the entire time they worked at the <laughs> university. Uh, because yeah, it was like they had never seen each other before. What do you do? It was. Uh, oh, I'm the I, head football coach. I, <laughs> basically, <laughs> well, my favorite part was when Leonard was telling a story about recruiting in Miami. And Jimbo had to top him. Oh, it's like, come, oh, on, come man. on, man! The let, guy was the head coach of the University of Miami. Yeah, he's probably got. Some, let him have this one. Let him have this one. And then Jimbo had to come over the top with one of his. And players. why wouldn't you? I'd want to hear all those stories, especially recruiting in Miami. Goodness Jimbo, gracious. Jimbo likes talking more than he does listening. So that was a keen observation on your part, there, sir. <laughs> keen observation. I remember there were a couple times in interviews where I would answer a question that he threw my way and that he just keep talking. No. I was like, you asked <laughs> me a question. He's like, I didn't ask you that for you to answer. Yeah, I just threw it to the ether. I didn't need <laughs> you to actually respond to it. So it all headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV continues in a moment. MLB is finally back in full swing with my bookie, and that's going to be your one-stop shop for all your betting needs. Wide range of betting options, including money lines, run lines, totals, and futures. MyBookie gives you plenty of ways to bet on your favorite teams and players. You can also take advantage of a new MyBookie money bag profile, which gives you the chance to secure a bet on your favorite team or player at insanely boosted odds. Sign up today at MyBookie. Use promo code WARCHANT to secure a first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. It's simple. Deposit $200. Play with $300 instantly. Just use promo code WARCHANT to claim your bonus. So if you're a baseball fan looking to add to even more excitement to the new season, Look no further than my bookie. Sign up now. Get ready to experience the thrill of baseball betting like never before. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Seminal headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. So, something to think about here. We've spent a ton of time, all of us have, 
uh, on Ira's visit over there to the ACC spring meetings, as we should have, right? And we talked a lot about Florida State's efforting to make more money or leave or figure out, figure out a way out from under the grant of rights deal. Well, yesterday, the Pac-12 commissioner uh, you know, noted there had been no substantive talks at this time with ESPN or anybody else, for that matter, for, for that league, right? They, they don't have anything coming down the pike, and it's a floundering conference, and this is the latest in a series of negative headlines and real bad news for the teams in that conference. A terrible omen, right? Brett McMurphy reported later that day from Action Network that Washington State's president, Kirk Schultz, said that Washington State's athletics will now have a freeze put on all current and future vacant positions until further review, as well as a pause on travel, purchases, and new professional development of any kind due to a significant decrease in monies and projected monies coming into the Pac-12 via television contracts or anything else. You've heard hints and whispers from other athletic departments in the Pac-12 that there, some programs may just go the way of the dodo, and certainly any plans on future development in football or anything else has been put on freeze. This is the plight of all the programs who are certainly efforting to put themselves in a position to compete, or for that matter, conferences that are effort, efforting to put themselves in a position to compete and play big boy football moving forward. If, if a deal doesn't get done, this is what can happen. This is why the panic, this is why the concern with the future of Florida State football from our athletic director and from those closest to the ACC who give a damn about mattering a year from now, five years from now, and ten years from now. Yeah, there's a, you know, one of the comments I saw a lot on our message boards and on Twitter um, after, you know, things, kind of the dust up last week or the last week or two along the lines of how much money do you really need? And, and I think some of the people at the ACC meetings made those comments. Like, at what point is enough enough? Does it really matter if those schools have that much more money? Well, here's where it does matter. And, and it, a perfect example is right now softball that we just talked about. You know, it's every year, I don't know how many years now, it seems like Lonnie Alameda has had overtures, not just overtures, but like hard pushes from SEC schools trying to get her to, co to come to their school. Auburn, Texas A&M last year. Of course. There's been several schools. She's one of the top softball coaches in the country, if maybe not the best. And so these SEC schools want to emulate that success. So they're trying to get her over there. Florida State has been able to counter that the last few years. They've either improved the facilities, given her long extensions, and she just signed another long extension last year. So you'd like to think that that's all going to be fine. But – What's gonna when these when the Big Ten and the SEC have so much more money than everybody else? Now they can turn their attention to all of these other sports. You've already seen it in men's basketball. I mean, what the SEC has done in men's basketball, how many transfers, the high profile transfers now are going to the SEC, the high pro profile coaches are going to the SEC. So, again, it's not just about trying to keep up from a, an image standpoint or hey, we want to have as much, much money as they do. Practically, it will be impossible to compete in all of these sports if those conferences have way more, way much more money than uh, your conference. Does. But but let's look at it from the the sport that matters. And look, I know people watching the show, and the three of us would be upset if Lonnie left. But it's softball. What matters is football. And use it. Let's say in 2026. Florida, because it, by then, right, Ira, won't the TV revenue gap be right? Like right now, between the SEC and the ACC, the gap's about ten million per year right. per school, right? It'll be thirty million by then, mm -hmm. right? Probably somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Yes. 
what if Florida just wants Mike Norvell? And they're gonna they they will have the money to pay him thirteen million dollars a year if they want because it's gonna be stupid money. You can't compete with that. And that to me is the real issue. It, I mean, the real issue is all of that, and all of that matters. All the other sports matter too. But for Florida State's sake, being competitive in football is what made the, is one of the big reasons this university became this university. It was the best program in the country for four decades, and now Florida get Florida are whoever, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss. Like, what has Ole Miss ever done that they should be able to pay twice as much for their coach as you can? But that will be the reality in four or five years if something doesn't change. And I think that's why Florida State fans, there's so much consternation among Florida State fans. And that's why it's good, I think, for them to see that Offer knows what's coming down the road. And this isn't going to be tenable, like we all said in the roundtable. The way it's going right now just isn't tenable well, for, it- for, to compete on a national stage in football. As well as all the other sports that you're going to get. That's my point. Is in, I agree with you on football. I'm just saying the the, the I think most people believe that, that a school like Florida State, and I think Jeff said it in his answer, they're going to put as many resources as they have to into football. Like they're going to cut everything else. Yeah, everything else, back and everything else dodo, yeah. to make sure that they can stay competitive in football. So I agree well, with that you. That sucks. I, I mean, I get oh, what I you're agree. saying. I'm just yeah. saying that that's awful that you'd be put in that spot right. where – you, you know, you're going to have to send 90% of your athletic revenue will go to football Correct. in the rest of the sports because they, in the grand scheme of what matters and money don't matter. Right. And so that will be, that will be a real bummer. But I also worry about just football. Like I think, you know, if you don't get out of this thing until 2036, good grief. Well, there's man. no chance to be so far behind. You won't even be in the race. No, you wouldn't be. But he, here's the reason I brought it up again, because now you have an actual story involving a power five conference and yeah. we're watching it get dissolved. These teams are going to get picked off by the big 12 and others. It, it, it's about to happen. We know this is going to happen. And you want that kind of noise in the system because perhaps it will expedite Florida State and Clemson's exit because people will continue to build on their conference, whatever it is, Big Ten, SEC, adding Big 12 is going to attempt to do it, too. What I'm saying is we're watching this dissolve right before our eyes, and it's not going to stop there. And any of these conferences that are at a $30 million disadvantage, if not more, have zero chance to compete. Michael Alford was right at that Board of Trustees meeting when he said it. We all know it. It's logical. And when I hear the – and I'm just looking at the pushback within the ACC. And, Ira, you got to hear it up close and personal from those that cover other programs. And that's fine. They can bitch and whine and think we're arrogant. That was the word used a lot yesterday when I when I did an interview uh, on SiriusXM. Well, it's arrogant of Florida State to think that they should be able – after they've done what they've done over the last 64 games played. Man, get the hell out of here. It's not arrogant. This is – you're fighting for your life. And, of course, they're going to do that. They, they matter in the big yeah. scheme of things in college football. Wake doesn't. NC State Duke doesn't, doesn't. NC North State doesn't. doesn't. North, that none of them None do. of them have. Right. Florida none State matters, and they care. They've anted up. That stadium is the way it is now because they cared about football and went all in. Look what they've put their money in. They can't sit idly by. They ought to bitch. They ought to be a pain in the ass. They ought to be the reason that other teams in this conference are really annoyed. They, don't stop yelling. And I was talking, when I was talking to um, Brett McMurphy over there at Amelia Island, also Mark Long from the AP and a couple other people, and somebody made the comment. I think it's really good. What is the Action Network, Ira? What it's is a, that? It's is a cool a sports gambling. Yeah. So, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So sorry, he sorry. and uh, what's his name, Ravel, provide content to kind of bo- bo- bolster their coverage. Yeah. But yeah, gambling's all the things big money. Thing. <laughs> but uh, but we were talking, and somebody made the point. It might have been Brett, but it, it was a good point that nobody, everybody wants to make sure they're they're not the last conference, right? So that's why, like, when the ACC raided the Big East, yeah, it was to make sure that. 
hey, if somebody's going to be last, it's going to be you guys. It's, it's not going to be chairs. It ain't going to be us. It's not going to be us. Yeah. And then the Big East ends up getting kind of poached and falters and falls apart. Now you look at the Pac-12. They're next up where they were destabilized. They lost USC. They lost UCLA. Washington and Oregon are trying to get out. They don't have a TV deal. Who's going to sign a TV deal when you don't know who's going to be in the freaking league? They're done, man. So now they're the one that everybody's going to go after to poach. The Big 12 is interesting, man, because they have a commissioner that is active and aggressive. So that's one to watch. Like, the ACC is trying to do whatever they can do to survive. But I do think the Big 12 is, is, is you know, that guy's pretty aggressive. He's business-minded. And uh, it'll be they're, – they're, I don't know that I would assume that they're going to fall apart. I'm curious to see what happens with them. Uh, but the Big Ten and the SEC, obviously, they've kind of run away with it. The question is, who who's going to be the next to go after the Pac-12? After the Pac-12, is the ACC going to be the next to go? Or is the Big 12 going to be the next to go How, as we kind of continue consolidating this power? Well, and the yeah, Big I 12 – what bothers what, what bothers all of us, really, but people like Jeff and, and Florida State fans in general – and people like you, Ira, I'm sure when you're in Amelia Island listening to North Carolina reporters who frankly don't know what they're talking about when it comes to college football because it's never mattered in that state. It just doesn't. Florida State fans care in the Florida State administration cares more about football than anybody else in the ACC ever has with the exception of Clemson. Clemson cares too. I'm not disputing that. But so, yeah, if NC State doesn't get $60 million, they've never competed with Georgia and Alabama. They've never wanted to. They've never tried to be on par with Ohio State. They've never once in the history of that program been a better program than Ohio State. Florida State was a better program for, than Ohio State for three decades. So now you're now it's it's hard to stomach as a Florida State fan or somebody that covered them or grew up watching them that all of a sudden these North Carolina schools are going to bring up the last five years. NC State's never mattered. It never will. So what do they care if they get an extra $30 million? They're still going to be NC State. Florida State can compete on a national stage if they're in the right conference. They're competing now, but in 2028, if they're $30 million behind, they might not be able to. And that will bother Florida State fans, whereas NC State is used to always being just kind of marginal at football. Wake is used to it. North Carolina is used to it. Virginia is used to it. Florida State is not. Again, if you endeavor to matter in this sport that drives the financial bus, then you have to get the hell out of here. There is no future for the (laughs) ACC. There is none. And they can talk about, well, we can work on this, and it's a Band-Aid for them. And that that wouldn't have been different if Florida State had been great the last six years. Because you still have those other ridiculous schools. Those other schools never – I mean, half of them for a long time had a track around their football field. It was a bunch of children. It doesn't matter. And listen, would I have liked Florida State to have been a lot better the last five years in football? Well, hell yes, I would have. It sucked watching this team go out there and be asked, sorry. But they obviously they continued to try to figure out answers because they cared. Because they cared. That's- and, and that extension was not signed with Florida State sucking. No. It was right yes. on the heels of that big run. Yo, they did right, what they could right. do. Yeah, well, they, yeah. they won 29 straight games, won the national championship, and were in the first ever college football playoff. Yes. I mean, <laughs> they did everything they could do. It's now, and they're about to be really good again, by the way, and I think everybody knows that too. And and so they're once also it, the most watched football team in the country. Well, and again, with the television it, revenue, it, when we were asked that question in the roundtable, how should we divvy it up? Man, screw everybody else. It right now it is one for all. Rats are fleeing the ship. We got it. That's fine. That's fine. And and, and it upsets people who are at other schools or other programs or grew up in different areas. Well, you can be upset. Fine. 
be as proud as you want to be of having graduated from North Carolina State, North Carolina, Virginia, Duke, wherever. That's fine. I'm not ripping you as a person. I'm not ripping your education. We are talking about football. We are only talking about football. And you don't matter in football, and we do. And we care to continue to matter. And I'd like to think, guys, I'd like to think that if lacrosse was the biggest sport in the country, we would stand out and be like, (laughs) you know what? North Carolina deserves to go. They deserve more money than Florida State with all this lacrosse money because apparently they're the best lacrosse team in the country. Almost so had, I, they I almost had like, three of the top four in the final four. The ACC almost had three of the final four teams. Singing from the mountaintops, I you see what I'm it. saying, gang. Yeah. If yeah. only lacrosse was taken off in this country like we've been told it would for 20 years and become <laughs> the the biggest sport in this country, it quite hasn't happened like that. But if lacrosse was was the sport that mattered and drew all the eyeballs and got 60 million dollars a year. Florida State fans would be like, you know what? You're right. North Carolina. We just Syracuse. don't have an argument here, guys. We're going to have to let them argue in favor of the things they've, <laughs> they they've been holding it down for so long. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't. Sorry, gang. The sports that ma- the sport that matters the most, Florida State and Clemson are by far the two imp- most important members of this league. And but, Florida State is the most important because it gets the best ratings and has for decades. The, the last minute here before we go to break and then we come back with headliner questions. Uh, it, it is interesting to me though and as we continue to watch the Pac-12 begin to dissolve how aggressive will the Big 12 be in trying to pick off teams now as yeah. that league falters because will it expedite all of what we want to see happen anyhow which is either the dissolvement of the ACC or the SEC and the Big 10 and those networks Fox, ESPN deciding to be more aggressive and moving around the chess pieces and deciding, well, listen, okay, this is an asset. We've got to have this asset in our best league because that's going to long-term be something we can charge extra for, household sets, all that sort of thing. It, it does all of this with what's happening in the Pac-12. I mean, it's it's crazy to think about. They cannot find a deal. They, there's no deal coming. They're screwed. Yeah, and that's where I think – If what I was saying in the Big 12 is I think there's a – the best likelihood I would see the short term is the Big 12 poaching the Pac-12. Pac-12 falls apart. And then now you've got these three – you've got four conferences, but if they want to go to the three of three conferences of 20, which is one thing that has been out there, we've all talked about the two big super yeah, conferences. Happening? Yeah. There's another possibility of three of 20. I would put my money on the Big 12 being the third. It's looking like and it. these ACC schools kind of getting spread apart. But, you know, again, we'll oh, have to man. see. So we so we'd get to go to Lubbock. No, or, no, no, man, no, it could, no. It could be in the SEC. Oh, okay. yeah. Louisville some, some, would go to Lubbock, right, right? Right, Some schools okay. could go Got to the it. Big Twelve. All right, hour number two, forthcoming headliner questions. Hang in there with us. Simple headlines, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV continues in a moment. 